February 2nd, 2006, episode 16. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Today I wanted to talk about different ways of marketing yourself, but doing so online. So basically we're going to be talking about websites and certain things that maybe you should or should not do. And the thing with websites, it's, it's a very easy and cheap way to promote yourself or show your talents to others. And it's very accessible to most people, most people being on the internet these days. But there are a few guidelines that, that you should follow to make sure that it is accessible to everyone. And it is good to have good design, obviously. You don't want somebody coming to look at your design and have a crappy looking website. So, And there's definitely some bad websites out there. And I have seen design firms with bad websites, which is just bad business. So today we're going to look at how to build an effective website for your company or for just your personal artwork showing. I'd like to point out one thing. It was actually from the last episode, number 15. I just wanted to correct myself on one thing. I was talking about Adobe Bridge. And I think I stated that it actually will show you what an InDesign file looks like instead of just the icon, and I was incorrect on that. It does only show you the, the little icon for the InDesign format or the InDesign file. But it does actually show you the PDF, the AI, EPS, PSD, TIFF, JPEGs, and GIFs. It will show you what the actual image looks like and not just... Uh, not just an icon for that. And it also does preview movies and music. You can actually watch the movies, listen to the music in Bridge. That was all correct. It was just the InDesign files. You cannot actually view what the file looks like. And I also noticed when I went back and listened to some of it that I kind of mixed up the word file and folder a couple of times. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. Uh, hopefully you got the point there at least that most of the time I was talking about making different folders to put your files in. Although some people use the term folder and file for the same thing. But hopefully you understood what I meant there. Okay, so it is the beginning of the month. So that always means that the, the votes are reset on Podcast Alley. And again, I, I need your support on that. If you could go out and vote for me, that would be great. And actually, I made it even easier for you. And I have to thank uh, Chris at the Tips from the Top Floor podcast for this. He doesn't actually know it, but I went to his website and he actually had this cool feature where he actually just posted a new post to the website. And in the post, there was a form, just a little form field where you just type in your email address, click vote, and it automatically does it for you. You don't actually have to go to the website. All you have to do is they're going to send you an email and you click on the link in the email and you're all done. So it's really just two steps now. So hopefully that will uh, encourage some people to go up to rookiedesigner.com. Just punch in your email address into the, the little form there and put up a vote for me. And let me tell you, it really has helped. 
I, I've actually got a couple of emails from, from different people who have started new distribution lists of different podcasts, their own website that lists all the different podcasts. And these people actually added me to their directories without me even asking them to. They just did it automatically. And I have to assume that that's because we have good ratings on both the iTunes store as well as uh, Podcast Alley. We've always been pretty close to the top 10 in education podcasts on Podcast Alley. So just so you know, it, it does do good for me. It's not just something, it's not just a popularity contest. So again, I'd appreciate it if you have the time. Go up to rookiedesigner.com, give me a vote. That would be excellent. Also in some design application news, the new After Effects was released, After Effects 7. And this includes, it was actually released with a whole production suite for video. So there are new versions of Premiere as well as Audition. And I believe the DVD software, I can't remember the name of that one. But After Effects 7, it's new release. It has tons of new features, one of which is the graph editor. And if you work in animation at all, you, you'll know what this is. It's just an easier way to, to direct the flow of your animation, the way things move. And this is a great thing. This is something that was included in, in Apple Motion. And I'm figuring that's probably why they put it into After Effects to you know, kind of compete with that, because they are pretty similar applications. They don't do all the same things but they do some similar things. So new After Effects 7, go to Adobe to check out the, the new features there. So we're talking about websites today and how do we make a good one? How do we, how do we make a site that people can go to and not have any problems, just go up and look at our artwork and decide whether or not they think we're, we're worthy of their work? And first and foremost, I think the question you need to ask yourself is, should I design the website? Now, if you are not skilled in HTML, your answer may be no, but it may still be yes. This is something that you probably shouldn't make your first project. If you're just learning HTML, your first project should not be your portfolio site or your business site. It's just not a good idea if, if you haven't been around the block a couple of times because it's easy to make different mistakes and mistakes can cause errors in loading pages or loading images, and it can really make the, the user's experience a bad one. And you definitely don't want that because really the next web page is just a click away. So you really need to make sure that when the visitor visits your site, they have a good experience and everything's working properly. So really just don't give it a, don't just give it a try. It's better to put that in the hands of somebody else who, who has already done some work but there are resources out there to help you as well. There's, if you just do a search on Google, you'll find plenty of websites that offer templates in both HTML and Flash that you can just plug your information into and just use their design. And that might be a good option for you. And there's also services where you're gonna be working with somebody. It may not be another designer per se, it might be just a business that their business is setting up websites for people and they're probably going to use something like a template as well and just plug your information into it. Uh, another thing you might consider is actually using another designer. Uh, if, you, if you're a print designer and you don't do web at all, obviously you're, you're not going to learn these skills just so you can do that. Uh, it's really just a waste of time. So if you're trying to promote your business with a website, I mean, this is something you would probably definitely look at 
as far as outsourcing the work to somebody else if you can't do it. But uh, another possibility, maybe you know a designer who does all web and you do all print. Well, maybe you could trade some services there. Maybe they could make your website and for them, you could make them business cards or brochures or, or something like that. Just It's always good to keep your possibilities open on something like that. But really, the, the point here is if you don't think you can do an effective job, don't do it. Let somebody else do it for you, whether it be somebody you know or actually paying someone else to do it, it's going to be worth it in the long run. Now the next issue we come to is HTML versus Flash. And there's tons of Flash out on the net these days, and about 95% of people with web browsers have Flash, the Flash Player plugin, rather. So they can see your content, but there always is that chance that you have somebody that has an older browser or hasn't installed plugins, and this can be a really bad thing because if somebody doesn't have the plugin and you just have a, a regular Flash site without any any detection, then they could come to your page and, and potentially only see just a, a white blank screen. And obviously this isn't what you, you're going to want. So we come to this, this issue of should we use Flash or should we use HTML? And what that boils down to is do we want the accessibility, the, the ease of use, or do we want something that looks really cool, something with cool effects and animations? And a lot of times this ends up in, in Flash sites, and like I said, it, not everybody can access them because people just they, they think they want something that looks really neat, but they don't think about the, the repercussions of people not being able to look at it. So you really got to be careful with Flash, and you have to use it for the right reason. Some of these reasons might include if you need to deliver audio or video, this is a, an excellent choice because audio and video become very small and they're very, very easy to distribute with Flash, especially in the new version of Flash 8. They have tons of different uh, player skins, components, that you can just basically link up your files to them and it's, it's very simple to use. Another thing you might want to use it for is a quick loading very small animation. Uh, rotating GIFs can get you so far, but they do have their limitations, and a lot of times for things like banners or even navigation, Flash might be a better or a more, more ideal solution, and that might be another good use of it. And also, if, you, if one of the things you need to do is show off your Flash skills, well, obviously you're going to need that on your website. But hopefully, if you are showing off Flash skills, maybe you know a thing or two in you can safeguard yourself, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. There's a couple ways that you can do that. But first off, the uh, HTML might be the best answer for you. Now, if you, if you must use Flash, as I said before, there are ways to offer additional content and make it so that if, if somebody comes to your site and they don't have the Flash plugin, you're going to have a detection script in there that notices that they don't have the plugin and it can do one of two things. If you have an HTML site with some Flash just embedded in it, like a, a little animation banner or something like that, when the detection script finds out that they don't have the plugin, it's going to do one of two things. It's going to take them to a different web page that you've made that says maybe something like, uh, you need the Flash plugin to view this site, and here's a link to go get it. Or it also just might be another page that's very similar but doesn't have any Flash on it. 
Or the other option is it might actually replace the flash banner with a GIF instead, a rotating GIF or maybe just a static image so that their experience isn't ruined. They just, they're, they're not seeing the flash, but they don't know it because they don't have the flash plugin. So if you must use flash, you really should learn these things. These are things that I just recently learned how to do effectively. So if anybody does need help with that, I, I would direct you to the forums. Just go up there. There is a, a folder there for flash questions. Just go ahead and ask up there and I'll do my best to explain it if anybody needs to know how to do that. Back to the HTML though. With HTML, obviously you're going to be able to cater to more people. Just about everybody who has a browser that's older than version 4, and that goes for Netscape, uh, Internet Explorer, the ones that have been around for a long time. Ones like Firefox might be in version 1 or 2, but those already have all the uh, capabilities. But anything after version 4 for the, for the old standards, they're going to be able to see anything up to you know HTML, XHTML, JavaScript, they're going to be able to see all that stuff. So you're pretty safe using HTML to do your whole website. With HTML, there, there's nothing to download. There's no plugins that you're going to need. They're not going to have to go out anywhere else and download anything. Unless, of course, you're using things like video, which might use the Windows Media Player or QuickTime. Those are obviously things they're going to have to have installed on their computer. But if you just have strictly HTML and images, they should be able to see everything perfectly. Uh, another alternative maybe to using Flash would be things like JavaScript. JavaScript, you can, if you're making a navigation bar, you can use JavaScript to have rollovers. Or again, you can, you can use uh, something like ImageReady, which ships with Photoshop. There's lots of different uh, avenues there. And as we said before, for, for animations, maybe you can substitute a rotating GIF instead. There are limitations to these but you can get a lot done with a, with a rotating GIF as far as uh, banners or just different rotating graphics. Now talking about Flash and HTML, probably the best scenario if you do want to use Flash and maybe you do want to use HTML as well is to offer alternatives. And the best way to do this is to make your home page or your splash page, whichever page the visitor sees first, you're going to go ahead and make that in HTML, and you're going to want to offer the viewer a couple different options from that page. You may do this by just listing off two different things, or you could have some kind of graphical image with two different links, one saying that this site is made completely with Macromedia Flash or Adobe Flash, and you're going to need the Flash player to play it, and maybe even give them a link to where they can go download the Flash plugin as well. And then the other option, of course, would be the site that's fully HTML. So if you don't have Flash and you don't want to download the plugin, click on this link and you'll go to a fully HTML one. Now this of course means that you have to build two different websites, one in Flash and one in HTML, but you're really going to be better off for it because your, your viewer or your visitors are going to have the option to look at your website no matter what, if they do have plugins or if they don't. So that's a good route to take. Now another issue I'd like to talk about is graphics versus content. Now, when you're building a website, the main thing should be the content. You're asking the viewer to come to your site to learn more about your product or about your business. And the way to get this across, obviously, is with content, with text or words. 
And a lot of business websites, you'll notice they, they don't use too many graphics on their websites because it's more about having the person come and buy a certain product or learn about a certain company and what they do. So they don't really have a need for this. And I, I was listening to a podcast for a little while. It was it was about web design, and I can't remember who put it out. They haven't made one in about uh, probably three months now, so I'm assuming that they're gone. But these people own their own website, own their own business, which sold web templates, which sold basically sold websites. This podcast was really just kind of an advertisement for them. But this this lady would go off about how designers shouldn't be chosen as the ones to make websites for people. You should choose people who are, are coders or who are web developers. And I thought, well, this this really depends on what the company is doing. I, I kind of disagreed with what she said. Because there are some cases where people want a website that just looks really nice. And it does have the content, yes, but maybe that's not the main focus. Or maybe they want an equal balance of a good-looking website to look professional as well as you know having the content in there. Well, another thing she, she went off on was having too many graphics on your web page. And this really struck a nerve with me too because really you can't just have an empty website with, with content on it. And that's not interesting enough to keep people on your page. You do have to have a, a good flow between the, the graphics and the content but you can't just have one, you can't just have the other. You have to have a good balance between them. And how this relates to us, I think for us, graphics really are our content. Now you do wanna have something about yourself. You're probably gonna post maybe a resume or at least a bio about what you've done, what you currently do. But really to get to the beef of ours, uh, it's, it's the graphics, it's the artwork that we've made. That's what we're showing. So. I think you can go a little overboard with the graphics, but for us, really, that's the point. I mean, a lot of these things are just going to be online portfolios, so you're going to want to put tons of graphics up there anyways because you want to show these people as much as you can of your good work, of course. You don't want to be putting mediocre work up, but you want to show them as much as you can of the good work. Now, something that came up and it was talked about on the forums Somebody wrote into the area where we do the critiques of websites and we took a look at it and one of the issues that came up was that she kind of had a, almost a personal type blog thing on the same website as that, that she had her portfolio. And we kind of looked at this and said, well, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be the death of you, but it's probably not the best thing to do. You're probably going to want to keep personal information and we're not talking about like bio information or resume information, but just like personal things about your life that you probably wouldn't share with, with a future employer or with a client. These are the type of things you probably want to keep off of your website if you are having people actively come to your website to, to look at your artwork. Uh, you, you definitely don't want strangers or, like I said, potential clients or employers to really have anything to use against you. It, it's, it sounds bad, but... Things like this happen out there when when you're going up against a, a lot of people for a job. Really, employers will find any way they can to to not hire you because they're looking for people with good character and this and this and that. And if they know things about you that they really that really aren't their business, then that's kind of giving them the edge to them, which you don't want. 
I also had a question about uh, the fact that I use a business name for my website. And somebody asked, well, how does that work out for you? Or is it ideal to have a business name instead of just using your own name? And my take on that is with the business name, it does sometimes help you with larger clients. If you have large companies that you're trying to do some freelance work for, sometimes they like to see the business name because it kind of makes you look bigger than you are. And by that, I mean, it makes you look like an actual design firm. Not that you're not good enough because you're, you are just yourself, but sometimes these bigger companies, they get kind of snooty about things like that and they want, to, they, want, uh, they want the design firm to be designing stuff for them. So I'd say it works for that, but it's definitely not necessary. Just using your own name, like getting a domain with your own name is, is plenty good and it should work out for you fine. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. For mistake tip today, I'm gonna to talk about something that really relates to what we were just talking about as far as graphics on your website. And one thing I see a lot of is graphics on websites that make no sense. Things that really don't need to be there, but are there anyways. And you should really try and stay away from this. Now, like I said, with our websites, a lot of it's going to be very relevant. Anything you put on there, if it's something that you made, that's relevant because they're looking at it and it's something you made and it shows them your skills. But you can go a bit overboard and you really should just try and stay away from putting up graphics that don't have a meaning or an intention and just stick to getting the content you need up there and just keep the images in the portfolio where they belong. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. We have two websites in the bullpen today. And these two websites are places where you can go and register and have some of your personal information. And by that, I mean the personal information of your, your business, your graphic information. And you can also search for jobs and you can also post a portfolio. So if you are not HTML inclined or web design inclined, this might be a good option for you to start off with. It's somewhere where you're going to have a URL to send people. They can learn specific things about you and your talents, and they can see an online portfolio. And all you have to do is sign up and do it. The first of these is called creativehotlist.com. And like I said, it's just an area for you to put up some information, maybe do some job searching. This one is, is a little bit different. You, you actually, for the portfolio services, you have to pay for them. And that is $35 for six months. So to keep that portfolio online, it is a very nice looking site and everything's organized really well. So that might be an option for you if you don't mind paying for it. I also found another one. Try to go out and find one that had a free portfolio service. And this one does. It is alphaomegadigital.com. And this one does pretty much the same thing. Uh, I didn't do too much searching around this one yet, but it does have a classified section where you can either post jobs that you have for other people to do, or you can look at jobs that other people put up, which is always a great thing, especially if you're in the job search mode right now. And the great thing about this one, obviously, is the portfolio is free. Now, I haven't set up my portfolio on there yet, 
so I'm not sure if it limits you to a certain amount of images, but it looked really good. It looked very detailed. It asks you who it was for. Uh, you actually have a room to give a description of what the project was about and just different things like that. So it's not just them looking at an image and not knowing what it is or what it was for or what the outcome was. You actually get to give a lot of information about what you did and how you did it. All right, in closing, just a couple of things. Uh, the Frapper map is still out there waiting to have you put your pen in it. There are different colored pens now and I actually attach different names to the pens so you can show whether you'll, you have a specialty or if you're a student. So just go to rookiedesigner.com down on the right hand side a bit. You'll find the Frapper map link. Click on that and all you gotta do is put in your zip code and you can get on there. It's kind of good to see where everybody's at. Other than that, I think we're done for the day. So have a great one. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's out of